Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on with their companies and great news as of late. With us today for the first time ever, and I've been looking forward to this interview, Jay Hutton, CEO of Visibility Group, trades on the CSC on the stock symbol VSBY. For friends in the US, VSBGF, and for friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 5VS. Now, all of you know that Agoracom's main thesis is that disruptive tech is going to create more wealth this decade than the last three decades combined. So the great news is we got explosive companies that come on. And the downside is we don't know exactly what they do because they're going into new territory. So this is what you need to know about visibility. All right. Uh, their general description, a disruptive computer vision software company uses AI and machine learning to transform the retail and security space. Okay, but what does that mean? So here's what you have to really understand. You understand these two things, you got it. Visibility teaches computers how, how to interpret their surroundings, looks for anomalies, and it does it better than humans who are trying to watch one, one guy trying to watch 200 cameras. The second thing they do is then, then they deliver the context of what they've seen of those surroundings via alerts to their customers, to humans, so that they can do things better than ever could. So that's the intersection of marketing and security because they're doing that in the security world and they're also doing that for digital display. And that's what we're gonna talk about. Jay, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you, George. That was fantastic. Well, well done. <laughs> well, look, it's fantastic because you guys, I hate to say I sound corny, you guys are freaking fantastic at what you're doing. This is the kind of Thank disruptive you. tech that we live for. You know, I mean, Agoracom is great. It's a business, great. Got to pay, got to feed the kids. But what I, what we all live for is the finding companies like visibility. So before I do a deep dive, you know, we do a bit of a deep dive of the business. Do people realize how big of a paradigm shift is coming in the world of, you know, this kind of visual security, visual display, Talk to us about the big picture before we go into, into the deep dive. So in terms of general understanding of the disruption that's ahead of us, it's pretty much an insider story at the moment. You know, those of us in, what's the phrase, inside football, it is very um, known inside the business that this is about to happen. But when it does happen, it will impact all of our lives. And it's beginning to happen now. Honestly, in my career, which is now a few decades old, uh, I have seen very few real significant disruptive technologies. I've seen a few, man. I was around when the internet was built. I built, I was working for a company that built the internet. So that was a crazy time. Thank you. But, Thanks for doing that, by the way. Oh, you're, yeah, single-handedly, yeah. <laughs> I, but this is that. I mean, this has the same kind of vibe. What's different about this opportunity is that it's the convergence of two similarly related fields that have kind of a nexus between them, powered by and inspired by and made possible by computer vision, teaching computers to understand their surroundings. So in my career, we look for this, right? In our careers, we look yep. for not only opportunities to really ride that wave, but honestly, an opportunity to do good. We're going to save George, we're going to save lives with this technology. I know that sounds oh, no. hyperbolic, but it's the truth. And um, we're excited about that. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, and you've got, look, you've got some third-party validation too. 
because uh, you're new, you're new to Agoracom, but a lot of people know that a very big thing for Agoracom, its viewers, its investors, members, is that a CEO on his own, it's like it's like a father talking about his baby. Of course, your baby's the most beautiful baby in the world. So the question always is, who else thinks your baby's the most beautiful baby in the world? And you've got some some great validation. In fact, you made an announcement, and we'll go into that in a bit about how you've partnered with 911 Inform to improve emergency response at schools, hospitals, and offices. But before we get that, let's talk about the verticals. Uh, so you're targeting two verticals, right? Two discrete and different, but they do intersect. Uh, let's start with security because that's the bigger market size there, right? That's the bigger market opportunity. It's I a think. pick em. It's a pick em, George. Uh, right. You know, uh, every time someone asks me, honestly, if I go back on the interviews that I've done, I, I show a remarkable inconsistency, not, not because, uh, you know, I'm, uh, my, I, I fly around from, from topic to topic, but because any given day, one's ahead. It's like a, it's like a really tight horse race. Yeah. The tectonic the plates keep shifting underneath that. Just keep. Right. And, 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 and there's a greater appreciation of the value of the store as a media channel, as an example, which is what, powers more than anything one side of our business and could really uh impact us to greater you know uh, quantums over what security however you asked me first about security yeah you know i'll start with security because i think people can relate to security it's easier for them to wrap their minds around we're going to blow them away visibility so let's ease them in because when i think about security i think about terminator uh what he could see wasn't just seeing but it just started assessing everything and what whether they're threat friendly <laughs> So, you know, you're going to displace guns, gates, and guards. Talk to us about that. The Achilles heel of security is that um, we populate the world with CCTV cameras. And we don't equal the number of operators to look at the feeds of those security cameras. It's not a one-to-one -one ratio. It can't be a one-to-one -one ratio. So what we say, and it's perhaps unkind to his history, what we say is CCTV is about forensic or investigative activities. After you're closing the, the, yeah, you're closing the door after the horses have escaped, right? And what, what artificial intelligence does for us is it allows us to pull 10, 1,000, 10,000 computer streams, video streams into a core AI inference logic engine that actually looks for noteworthy things in live video. You could never hire enough people to do that. But or we'd cameras, all just be watching each other, right? One person behind exactly right. Exactly one right. massive so, circle. So can I teach a camera to look for things that I that are meaningful to me? And the truth is, uh, in 2009, the answer was, yeah, probably not. Or you would need a cray supercomputer, yeah. liquid cooled and buried in some desert somewhere. That is not the case. The biggest thing, the, the sort of leg up we got as an industry was that were significant breakthroughs related to Moore's law, silicon density, able to do more with computer chips. And now we're at a point where we can put that logic in a local computer close to the camera, multiple cameras pulled into one location. And now very soon in front of us from visibility, I'm sort of forecasting a little bit, the inference logic running directly on the camera, which is a game changer. We're talking about consumer grade cameras with AI logic. All this to say in the security business, 
judged at about 100 billion in services size in the US today. I'm talking about the ADT, that layer yep. of services, right, is now going to 187 billion in four years. And the suggestion we have heard from the industry is that 60% of that growth comes from AI. You won't deploy dumb cameras anymore. Why would you? So deploying a smart camera that does a ton of that work for you, not to remove the person from the decision criteria, right. not at all, to give them more data so they're able to make in more intelligent decisions with more information. So let's talk about a practical application. I mean, I can think of a couple, I can think of a, a stadium. So I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. So, you know, game day, people are outside of COVID naturally, but people are just piling into a stadium. They're 25 wide, they're 500 deep. Right. There's no way uh, you can you can you can uh, monitor all of that. So what or, or if you want, use a different example of your own. Give us walk us through what that experience would look like for the security team at a stadium. Well, number one, my condolences for being a Cowboys fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to bleep that out afterwards. I'm going to bleep that out. Fair enough. You got the power of editing, buddy. Yeah. Number two. Uh, if you, if you think about a stadium, you actually think about what is the nexus of marketing and security. So happy you used our tagline in the introduction. Um, so you're doing display advertising at every stadium. Every stadium in the world has display advertising. Absolutely, it's how they make we them. Did a, we did a deployment at the Rose Bowl. Let me put it in direct context for you because it's exactly what we did. Okay. We did large format digital display at egress, at the entrance to the stadium. Um, we were showing the top 50 football plays in Rose Bowl history. So that attracts a football audience. That's the audience that's there. So you might as well do that. Interstitially or like a banner around the digital display, still digital, but within the content, right. is Anheuser-Busch, Coors, Pepsi, Frito-Lay. You can imagine you're right. at a stadium. Uh, but in, so the cameras were doing measurement for the purposes of advertising analytics, just like Google Analytics, counting people, identifying gender, identifying age, identifying dwell. These are all very relevant statistics for advertising because that's what they use to validate the rate card, how much they actually pay you pay for impressions. And usually they're just guessing, right? They're taking the best guess from so a small sample size. The, the dirty little secret in that marketplace is it's all guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're moving to a place where there is no guessing. We count actual people. We don't estimate people. We don't, it's, it's real counts. Sorry, you have a question? No, and I was gonna say, uh, and can you actually measure also reactions to the ad? We, we, we measure dwell, actual footfall, not at not statistical, but actual age, gender. That's amazing. Sentiment in real time. So if you're PepsiCo, you may wow. not wish to do this, but if you were to do it, and my Diet Pepsi is not, the advertising for my Diet Pepsi is not playing well to this audience. No one's paying attention or 12% of females are paying attention. I'm going to pivot to my energy drink because the audience is 25-year-old males, and that gives a huge lift to the attention. That's exactly what we're talking about, on-the-fly adjustments for advertising, which makes the advertising platform itself more valuable. The second half of this story, because it's the nexus of marketing and security, 
that camera is not only measuring the things for uh, advertising uh, validation, but it's also looking for the 1500 guys that have been stupid and drunk and kicked out of the facility since the beginning of time, right? Got it. They're That's not in fantastic. the stadium yet. We've got a database that previously was held by the guys in the yellow jackets, right? With, with pictures on a billboard and they're trying to match Human beings can do that. Impossible. I see that on I see that on TV shows all the time where some security guys look at 50 pictures to look at the crowd. I go, you got to be kidding me. That's a that's just no way to get it done. Computers are vastly better than we are. I would so, think so. we look at that entrance and we assess everybody coming up and we and we can do we conduct matches. If a person matches an entry in the database, what we do is probabilistic, not deterministic. I'm 73% certain that this is George. It may not be George, but there's a high probability is. So we've done that in real time in nanoseconds before that person's in the venue. And we do it under the context or within the boundaries of monetized platforms. So it's a, a completely game, it's a game changer. By the way, we also have inference logic that can look for weapons. I was about crap. to ask you that. So if I'm what, how does it know if I've got a, a gun inside my jacket or a knife down the side of my pants or so, inside, you know, inside my pant leg or something? That checks in my back. That tech is coming, what you just described, but it's not here today. Okay. So when we look for weapons recognition as an application or inference logic, an algorithm, it's a brandished weapon. It's visible. Got it. And held. Uh, so... Think of school shootings. You won't find one of them where it's not brandished. It's not held in somebody's uh, waistband and then brandished when they get into the building. It's brandished like that Texas shooting. Guy had a long gun, got out of an Uber with a long gun, uh, 30 meters from the front of the school. We can alert on that and create a situation where we lock down the school. So yeah. that's Respo the type of thing that has enormous response. In instantaneous right. response. Yeah, that, and that saves response. lives, let's face it. That, that, that's fantastic. That saves lives. But George, just beyond that, anything that we can teach a computer to see and alert on is valuable. So broadening that security category slightly to include something we call smart cities, now we're looking for utility capabilities. Are all the cars on the alternate side for parking on the Wednesday morning? Um, are all the garbage cans overflowing? What's the overall traffic Am I looking for a specific license plate? Is there a fire? Is there a car accident? These are all computer vision challenges. And the more utility we can lay on these uh, cameras, the more meaning we can draw from those video streams, the more valuable the application is. So here comes my devil's advocate question. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt there's gotta be competition in the space. Yeah. So what's your value proposition when uh, George Com security display comes to the door and visibility comes to the door. How do you guys differentiate? We have three discrete modules, all of, we, all of whom are sold under a software as a service model. I'll take the store for an example. A store is interested in display advertising. As we discussed, the store is undergoing a major disruptive move towards old stuff, analog, digital, new stuff. It's underway right now. There's no question about it. It's absolutely happening. Yeah, we're and seeing I, it, right? And, and, we, we were seeing it before COVID. We're definitely seeing right. it. Right. Well, and, and COVID has accelerated it, which is interesting. Uh, but 
For visibility, we have three modules. We have visual display, we call it vision capture. We have anonymous privacy compliant analytics, that's data capture. And we have vector, that's security. We're the only company on the face of the planet that actually sells all three together. And they're linked okay. together. They're linked together so that I can derive information from data capture, 35 year old male, and I can trigger an advertising for 35 year old males. Okay, I'm glad so you that, said that because I knew there are a lot of companies out there. So I was trying to figure that out. But clearly, okay, George Com is a great competitor on, on the captor side, anonymous data, but that's it. The other two components you got to stitch together from ABC widgets and XYZ technology. Yeah. Visibility has all three of those right. Okay, that's power. I'm too and old power. to be Pollyanna about this stuff, honestly. But I can tell you that the sincerest form of flattery is when you see your competitors agreeing to do business with one another so that they can emulate your strategy. And that's what's happening to us right now. So I don't, I don't ever talk about this is a long-term sustainable differentiation, but we're continuing to push the envelope. We're continuing to do things. A little bit of a foreshadow as to how we're gonna build additional moats, you know, just a business school term or the you know, barriers to entry for us. Uh, another way we're doing that is we're putting the actual inference logic on the camera itself. Yeah, that's the blow away. And, that, and when we deploy away. that, when we deploy that, of course, we're not aware of what two guys and a dog in Silicon Valley are doing, but based on what we see commercially, we'll be the first to market with that. And that's really important for us. Critical so, deal. So let's talk about now that we've got a really good, and look, for everyone at home, we could do an even deeper dive and go deeper to the tech. But I think the purpose here is we all get it. We all know exactly what visibility does now within, you know, you're 90 to 95% of the way there. So we don't need to go deeper in the tech. That sounds awesome. You're going to do your due diligence on Agoracom on the visibility site. Let's go into the next thing. That's why that's obviously important for shareholders. How do you guys make money? So what does the revenue model look like in general? What does the revenue model look like? So what's in it for us? And here's our revenue model. We have two revenue com component participation. I can be specific about one. I'm going to be less specific about the other, if that's okay for now. Of course. Revenue stream is license revenue per module per store. So we're doing three modules per store. That's an X number of revenue stream. And for us in the first four years, that's in the neighborhood of uh, 15 to $25 million in license revenue in the first four years of this deal. It's currently projected to be a seven-year deal. The second piece of this uh, deal is because we're doing this in a joint collaborative way, we're creating media dollars, right? We're selling this network as a media network. On the media side, it is worth a lot of money. So our participation on the media side is in the 100 to $200 million range. So for us, it is bigger than any deal we've ever done by far. And here's what's important from an industry perspective, it's the largest digital retail network being built in the world today by far. There's nothing bigger. So safe, not to, say, by, safe to say, Jay, that that attracted the attention of a lot of big companies around the world that maybe didn't know about visibility before December George, more, and suddenly more attention, more attention than we know what to do with at the moment, right? So, so the focus there, there, for me- There's a little foreshadowing. So I love these kind well, of- it's good. It's good. It's in the main good. But you build an organization so that you're able to meet the capacity requests of your customers. And right now, 
we're not able to meet those capacity requests. Why? Because we're focused on execution. And that's where our focus ought to be, frankly. That deal is so significant that it's it's right. bigger than anything we've ever touched. And I'm rapidly expanding the team right now so that we can continue to capture because it's a it's a land rush. And the owners of the space are going to be the owners of the space. And that's what in the next three to five years is the big inflection point in the industry. So we have a really significant opportunity here. And, and I, I'm going to presume, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that the great thing is once you're in, it's not as if you can really go obsolete anytime soon because you're constantly just going to be upgrading the software next month, next year with more and more and better capabilities. So, you know, these could easily turn into five, when? 10 year relationships because you're there what are they gonna do kick you out and then bring in george comms displays that doesn't when, make sense you'd have to really drop the ball when you're selling when you're in that prospecting high velocity aggressive selling phase inertia is your enemy when you're sold inertia becomes your friend because you're now situated and it's difficult to get an object that's not moving to move yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the opportunity. So yes, I agree with you. The reason why our ABI deal is currently projected to be seven years is nobody's interested in shuffling the deck three three years in. No, right? you'd have to fall flat on your face, you know, kick you out, and uh, and otherwise otherwise they're going to stick with you. So let's talk about. I want to talk about the last part. Last thing we want to talk about, and this has been an amazing interview, and I think for hopefully everyone watching at home, it's been amazing. <laughs> let's you. talk about scaling up. So there yeah. are two things there. One is scaling up means sales. The world is a pretty big place. There pretty much isn't a market that the product doesn't apply to. So how do you get visibility out to your target markets? Are you going direct sales force, which is expensive? And I mean, that's an army. Or are you more going through channel partners, joint ventures, partnerships? With, with What's the goal? With, what's the goal there? What's the aim? with every day that passes in my life, um, hopefully a little bit more wisdom creeps into the, uh, into the cranium. One of those pieces of wisdom, and this is absolutely something that I am committed to and passionately, uh, I passionately believe in, we are not going to build a large, uh, diversified, multi-region global sales force. I don't I'm think so it makes sense. That. I'm so happy to hear that. It's but, too expensive. But what we have done and what we spent a lot of time and a little bit of money doing is pursuing mammoth partners. We bring to them the agility and innovation of small companies. And by the way, they're all desperate for that innovation because they know they're hamstrung themselves to create that velocity of innovation inside of big companies. It's just difficult. So what we've done and have always done, focused on the key partners that we want and pursue them with everything we have. So among our partners is Sensormatic, the retail technology group of Johnson Controls. They're the largest retail technology company in the world, 185,000 discrete customers in 104 countries. Wow. They're private labeling our product into their sales engine. Done, perfect for us. So now instead of doing hand-to-hand -hand combat, you're doing the equally difficult job in some cases of training them to how to sell your product. But the good news is once they're trained, you can, you can slowly release your, your grip and they go on them, themselves and start to, to start to deliver. That's an S and P component company that, that 
knows what they're doing in the retail space. Another example is a deal we did just a month ago or so, even though we've been working on it, as I mentioned, for a couple of years, and we've even been in revenue before we signed the contract with them. Um, another S&P company, which is Westrock. And you might ask yourself, well, why does Westrock care about retail disruption? Westrock is the largest display manufacturer for retail in the world. Largest customer is Coca-Cola. And if you go down the list, they everybody is their customer. Okay, because that's going to address my next question. We'll go on. That, Historically, they built cardboard and aluminum displays for retail. Think of that as the rough equivalent to the analog version of display in retail. That whole business, mostly driven by the brand demands, Bear, Coca-Cola, et cetera, is going digital. We are their digital partner. Okay, those are two massive partners. We, 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 we can those have are none massive other. partners. Yeah. That's, that's epic. Those two partners alone, plus yeah. Grupo Modelo, for example, just those three companies alone will keep you busy the next five, 10, five years easily. Absolutely. So that la the uh, the last partnership because here's I'm wondering if there's a if there's a if there's a bottleneck to the business which is there is a physical there is a hardware component right at the end of the day these displays there's hardware there so if George Com Beverage you know came to you from Europe and said we love it uh, we've got relationships with fifty thousand locations in Europe everyone's on board. We want to put your product, we want to put your products in. We want to get the technology going. Can you, how fast can you scale on the, is there a limitation? Is there a bottleneck on the physical or does that partnership solve that problem for you? Well, you keep bringing up Georgecom. So I'm going to check them out. They seem to be a threat. <laughs> I do that. So, you know, I do that. I don't want to say a name and be, if I say Toyota, people say, does George know about a deal Toyota? That, that's happened. So George Cobb is an easy one because it's bankrupt, right? So there's no one. There's no, I, I mean, I'm not going to dis disclose the specific deal, but that exact scenario has happened to us. And it's not yet done. But what we do is we back up, we call Sensormatic, we pull them in, they deliver all the components for scale. We sell against the rate card and pricing that we've already established with Sensormatic. They mark it up and do all the other pieces that are revenue generating in and of themselves. So to them, we rain make for them other opportunities for professional services revenue, installation revenue, consulting services, all that is what they do. And, and it pulls our licensing in with it. That's exactly the perfect modality for us. Yeah, that's that, that. Man, uh, you would think that this was scripted, like, okay, I'm gonna ask you this, I'm gonna ask you this, you're getting yeah. into this, but you know, it's not. I've got a couple of bullet point questions in front of me, like I wanna ask these, but that's powerful. Does that also, uh, I'm gonna ask you one, one more question because that's natural, flows naturally from that. Does that also take care of any cash flow problems for you guys? Because someone's gotta, someone's gotta make sure that these, the hardware is paid for typically, you know, in advance or, you know, 30 day terms. But if you get too busy, that's always the cash flow crunch that companies get into, which is I can sell a million widgets to Walmart, but it's going to cost a million dollars today. I'll, I'll get $2 million back from them, but that'd be a hundred days from now. So how do you bridge that gap? How do you bridge that gap? If you guys are going to go through that supersonic growth? If we engage in any supply procurement, it's only because we have the agility to do so. Of the players at the table, we're the guys that can move fastest. 
So we sometimes take on that responsibility, but if we do, we're always backstop. For us, it's a, uh, a movement of capital into a deal that immediately gets recovered the moment that deal you know, has, you know, the moment our other partners can satisfy the requirements of that deal. So that's, a, that's an occurrence from time to time. Generally, George, you do that uh, to, because we're software as a service, we want that cash flow trick uh, happening as quickly as possible. So if we can save six months by exposing $100,000 in hardware, we'll do that because the ROI is good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a tremendous, uh, the thing, best, best return you're gonna get in your money. Right, the other thing about software as a service, thankfully, is the global evolve evolution of software as a service tends to say, okay, George Com, you're gonna license my product for three years, sign a deal. And the way that deal gets done is the first year of that SaaS fee gets paid in advance. It doesn't get recognized for accounting purposes in advance. Yeah, because that's it's, okay. It's, uh, it's deferred revenue. But right. It's, but I solve a cash flow problem. Yeah. I just don't that's solve more a... important to growth right. companies. That's everything, right? Right. Right. Uh, you and I are old enough to remember that great commercial during the dot-com days about a bunch of people sitting around a, 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 a looking at their website. And as the, the sales counter went up, they got happy, they got happy. And then it went out of control and they got sad because like, how, we're not yeah, going to be able yeah. to finance this. We're going to, we're going to lose <laughs> right. it. We're going to lose our business. Right. Jay, right. okay. um, man, that was a powerful interview. That was oh, unbelievable. Great. Uh, and I can't wait. It sounds like from the, from the sounds that we're going to have you on a lot more because there's just Great. so much going on Love in the visibility, but everybody at home now understands what it is you do. They understand how you generate revenue and income from it. For me, the big part was distribution, having two unbelievable partners, like almost handpick. Those would be the two partners you'd almost handpick yourself. That's amazing. That's a wrap. Uh, uh, maybe last word to you in terms of, big picture where you see the company 12 months from now. And I know it's five years from now, but for everyone at home, like from what you're seeing the pipeline and how you're seeing the technology being accepted, you know, how does, where does the company look? What does the company look like 12 months from now? I'm not asking you project revenue, just how does it look? Uh, well, I don't mind projecting revenue as long as I do so on a bookings basis, because what we do control is the cadence with which and the size of contracts that come in we keep a pretty good handle on where that's at and so for 2020 sorry 2021 we think we'll exit the year between a 15 and 20 million dollar bookings cadence now that's i'm speaking to a backlog number like i said two-year contract value is x you load those up together now you have bookings what's really unique about a SaaS business is we have two principal metrics on the revenue side we have billings and we have bookings. Billings is the generally accounted, generally accepted accounting principles way of recognizing the billings. That's never going to come back. That's billed and it's done. And bookings is the backlog. What I need to start talking about as the CEO, and I haven't done a lot of this yet, but this is the year I start to do that. I'm going to be speaking at least on a quarterly basis about the bookings health and the billings health, because the bookings health is a leading indicator you know it tells you where you're going to be and the billings health is a sort of real-time indicator both will be increasing quarter over quarter and as that bookings piece increases that that lowers the risk of you know ongoing success for the organization if you know what i mean yeah jay uh the confidence in how you speak 
during the interview and how you speak about the year to come uh, tells us the last thing we need to know, right? That you guys are all feeling great. There's no guarantee. We know. I mean, every look, we're not everyone at home. We're not tied to, but it doesn't, it doesn't size up any better. It doesn't shape up any better than the way it does for visibility right now. Uh, and in the small cap world, yeah, it just, it just doesn't get any better than that. So what we urge all of you at home now to do is you've got to do your due diligence. Two ways to do that. On Agoracom, we're going to have uh, visibility's information up like any day now, just right after the Super Bowl. And in the meantime, though, take a look right above Jay's head. If, you, if you've just discovered the company, take that website, visibility.net. Okay, no vowels. Uh, we're going to have to buy some vowels for, for Jay when... Uh, no, no, no. The millennials named the company. Vowels are <laughs> like 1970. Well, I thought you guys just ran out of money. So you just no, have to go. You just said, but, get all, but all kidding aside, get to visibility.net because I've been there. We've all been there. Powerful information. And then you've got to make your decision. You've got to do your due diligence. Hopefully you discover your next great small cap disruptive uh, technology company. And 12 months from now, don't say we didn't tell you so. Have a great day. Thank you, George. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jay. See you all next time.